You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> good, fantastic, fantastic. Glad to see everybody today. Uh, I guess we kissed it last week, but Happy New Year, right? Yeah, 2023. You excited? <laughs> Last couple of years, you know, who knows what's going to happen this year. Just pray it's wonderful things that God does a great work in your family, in your, in your, on your jobs, in your, your, uh, whatever it is God's giving you, you know, just whatever it is, just praying that God does some great things, uh, for you. And, uh, we're just looking forward to what the Lord's doing in your life, right? Just, I think you should be expectant for God to do something, uh, in your life, you know, that He might have something unique for you that maybe you've never thought of before, that maybe, uh, maybe this year, you know, this might be whatever you've been praying for, seeking God for, asking Him for for some things. Maybe this is the year that uh, He says, "Hey, there might have been a reason why I was saying no, or wait, or hold on, or whatever." This might be that that season. You know, I mean, let me just tell you something. Like, if you if you're married to the man or woman of your dreams right now, you can look back and say, "Thank you, Jesus." Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank God every day for that lady I got right over here. I thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Garth Brooks wrote a funny song about it called, I thank God for what? Unanswered prayer. There's a few of y'all that look back and go, thank you, God. Not to judge, but you've seen them lately and you thought, Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Lord. But I didn't make that mistake, you know. <laughs> So, so you might want to be grateful that sometimes the Lord says, hold on, or he says no or whatever. But man, I just think this year, maybe that God's going to say some things to you. If you've been in a season like that, don't get discouraged. The Lord, uh, you know, I can talk about some of this, but I don't have time. But the whole idea in James that, you know, sometimes it depends on why we're asking, you know, if I'm praying and asking for stuff just to be used on myself, God's not really coming through for a lot of that, you know, um, but if I'm doing it to advance the kingdom or I'm asking God to open up the door for me, asking for some, some things, things like, that's a little bit different story, but if I'm using it for just for me, I may not get an answer like I want, right? So anyway, just something to consider. Hey, a couple of announcements before we get started this morning. Um, so you, if you didn't get one of these, they're out front, but they're everywhere. You can scan. This is a, a Bible study we're going to do starting up in January 29th. So every year we do small groups, we do three semesters every year. And I know some of you guys meet without stop, ever stopping. That's fine. But <clears throat> for what we do as a church, we say, hey, we, we come together and we do uh, small groups and we get together three times a year. We stop and we start. That way it gives you a chance to start. If you don't like the people that you're eating with, you get to leave and it's not a big deal. <clears throat> no one's offended, right? And so anyway, but um, these are everywhere in your restrooms, all over the place. You can scan this little code. But what it'll do is take you to different places, but to our website mostly, but you can go all these different places. You can find these materials, but it's called Experiencing God. This is an older um, uh, Bible study. I did this years and years ago. Actually, my mom was the one that led us, me and a bunch of uh, young adults through. And I just felt like that, you know, so the idea behind this is Moses and the burning bush. Okay, so I'm not going to preach on this. I just want to give you a little idea as to why I'm asking you to do this. It gives you a couple of weeks to think through this. But when God showed up, he revealed himself to Moses in a burning bush. And the, mo- the bush, it was burning, but it did not consume. And the idea was he got his attention. I'm just, I just think after the last so many years, whatever season you want to call it, the uniqueness of it all, I'm just wondering if maybe God would want to get our attention again. 
And I just think that what better way to do it than to take the time as a church. And I don't usually ask you to do this. Usually I say, hey, just do whatever small group you want to do. That's fine. But I'm asking our whole church. If you're watching online, you couldn't be here today. You're catching us later. I'm asking our whole church to be a part of this. You get all the resources. They're all online. You're very resourceful. You know how to use Google. But there's four different kinds. There's a small group. There's a family devotion. There's a, a youth small group devotion. And there's an individual you can pick whichever one you want to do. If you want to lead a small group, we can help you with some of that. If you can, you know, do it on your own, whatever. But I'm asking for everybody to take the time to go through it. We were going to give you the disc, the, um, on, on, I think it was christianbook.com or their own website. Anyway, they sold out already. So I guess some other people are thinking the same thing. But, um, there's, I would advise you to probably go on there and find it. Don't wait until the week of. But we'll start these up as we talk about small groups each week. I just, my prayer is that all of us, we just have a time where God gets our attention and whatever that is he wants to say to us or do in our lives that we would hear his voice and that we would be attentive to what he wants to do. Yeah. And I just think as believers right now, that's just a really important place to be. I think that what better thing to do than to hear God speak. And if you're, especially if you're here, I just want to say this. If you're here or you're watching online and you're saying, I've never heard God speak I don't know how to hear his voice, and I'm not sure how that all works. I'm just telling you, this study, and it is not because they are just such wise men, but I just think they did a very good job, the team that put this together, and I think they did a great job to help just, for lack of a better word, facilitate a burning bush moment for you. I don't, I don't think, it's not like God, he can speak any way he wants to speak, he can do, but I'm just telling you, it, they just lead you through a process of giving you the opportunity that says, hey, Maybe look around. God's probably doing stuff and speaking. You just don't even realize it. So I'm just going to encourage all of us to do that. So um, pick it up. You can pick these flyers up. They're at the info desk on the way out. But also you can scan it just as well on your way out. You've probably already Googled it now if you hadn't. <clears throat> you can find that as we get started with it. All right. So let's turn to Proverbs 20 and uh, verse 27. We're going to start a new series called The Lantern. And uh, we named it The Lantern for a reason. Uh, and so as we read this to you, we'll kind of share a couple of things about this today. This whole series we're going to do is kind of to prime the pump before we get to experiencing God is all about um, trying to seek and hear God's voice. If if I would do anything, this would be like the, the series is going to kind of give you some, maybe some acknowledgments, maybe some awareness of things that God does. But the experience in God, the time that you're going to spend with that is going to help you narrow down and hear his voice. But this right here, I'm just telling you, this is to help you see you can hear from God. You can hear what the Lord wants you to know he, and share things with you. So this is Proverbs uh, chapter 20 and verse 27. We're, this is from the New American Standard Bible. It says, the spirit of man, now you can interject, you understand this, that when this was written, men or women, this word man is the word, uh, it is, if you look up some of the, the wording, when you see the word Adam, it's, it actually represents humanity. Adam is his name, but when you look up the word behind Adam, it's man, but it is humanity. When it says woman, woman is a part of, uh, and, and we're in such a day where you feel like you have to explain everything when you read something because um, it is so often contrasted in, in the world around us. <clears throat> but God is not diminishing because he says the spirit of man. He's assuming that we all understand that we are one in Christ. That, yes, he created man, but woman, he created man, male and female, God created them. He created the woman too. It wasn't like she was a side note. That was not the case at all. Let's just be honest, guys. If it weren't for women, we'd be in a mess. I mean, let's be honest with it. We, we really would be in a, we'd be in a mess. 
You know, you think they invented stitch fix for women? That's for men. Because we don't know how to coordinate. They just don't. Anyway, the spirit of man or spirit of woman, but the spirit of humanity is the lamp, or I'm saying the lantern, okay? Because we don't use lamps in the same context as this word. I'll explain in a moment. But the lamp or the lantern of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. The spirit of man or the spirit of woman is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his or her being. Now, when I say we put a bunch of lanterns up here for you, because hopefully it drives the point home. But we, when we read this, we think the word lamp, and we think of the kind that's in beside your home in your desk or something on beside your couch, and you turn the light on. That is our image of a lamp. There's not many people that I know of. Matter of fact, I can't name one that is walking around their house with a little lamp lighting their little way. No one does that. That's why you pay Georgia Power. You flick the switch on and you have lights. So we don't understand this from our culture, what he's talking about. But light is a very interesting thing. Last night, this is so funny. I mean, I don't plan this stuff. I think God just gives this stuff to me uh, for for my help. And hopefully it helps you to, to piece some of these things together. But we were driving home last night. We were over here. <clears throat> and so Piper, my littlest one, she's riding home with me. And uh, so we get to the house, and so it's already dark, can't see anything. And she's kind of flipping out because she's lost something in my truck. Now, we're not talking about, a, this is what, you know, 10 square feet? I don't know. It's not that much in a cab of a truck. She has lost something very valuable. And I said, what is the problem here? What possibly do you have? You're a seven-year-old. How much value is this thing that you have lost? And she won't tell me. She goes, it's called, um, well, you know, uh, what is, she can't think of the name. And I said, is it a necklace? Is it a bracelet? A ring? I mean, what do we have that's lost? And I said, is it candy? It's a Hershey Kisses, Dad. It's a Hershey Kisses. <laughs> so I'm looking for, I mean, it is wrapped in a silver foil. Maybe that's, you know. Well, she can't find it anywhere. She's looked all in the truck. She's under seats, you know, everything. I said, can I just, look, just let me, let me, can I just look? I have the dome light on on the car can't, I don't see it either, but then I do this, right? I just click on one of these little lights and within three seconds, literally, I shine over and it, there it is. It just glistens off of the, off the light. I said, oh, well, here it is right here. And she looks at me and this is no kidding. Uh, she looks at me and goes like, dad, how did you find it? Because if it was this revolutionary thing, I said, it's called a flashlight, my dear. She goes, whoa, that was big. I mean, she's just mind blown, you know. But I thought about that with us is how many times do you think that the Lord, we search and we search and we search for stuff. We ask God to help us. But the whole time, we're the ones looking for the thing that we're trying to find instead of letting him shine the light on it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so it's that whole idea of seek you first the kingdom. Then all these things will be added unto you. But what do we do? Primarily in our culture today, we seek the what? The things, hoping God will show up and bless it. And it doesn't work that way. So all of us, I think we've all looked for stuff before. Can't find it. But when you're searching for God, it's very important to know this one thing. And this, I just want to drive this point home today as we begin this series. Number one thing. That God speaks to 
our spirits. The Lord, when he talks to you, when he speaks to you. Now, in an experience in God, you'll hear a number of different methods and how the Lord speaks. And that's true. He uses methods. He uses means and other avenues and whatever. That's true. But ultimately, in all of those things, he is communicating through those things to your spirit. And I don't have time to get into all this, but I will reference a few things. For God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? And in truth, you can't even worship God without the spirit because he's spirit. He is referenced in Hebrews as the father of spirits. If we ourselves submitted to our earthly fathers and received discipline from them and correction from them and we respected them, how much more should we uh, discipline ourselves and submit to the father of spirits and live all throughout the scripture? Um, the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes from the whole. It's the Lord. He is the spirit. So anything that you ever receive from God, it comes from the Lord, but it is illuminating right here. It is not something you read in your Bible and said, well, look at that. You know, I've never read that before in my Bible. I bet you have. Have you ever said that? Well, I was just reading my Bible and you know what I just read? I've never read this before ever. Bet you have. It's just at that moment, the Holy Spirit, for whatever reason, that wasn't what he wanted to illuminate for you. You was looking for something else. He wanted to show you something you really needed. Now, when you read God's word, it's his spirit that is speaking to you. That's why when you read Jesus, my words are spirit. My words are truth. They're life. But his words are spirit. The word of God is, as we call, these men of old. We're inspired. We use this word, inspired of the Holy Spirit. What would they do? Read a lot of books and get, wow, look, I'm just really smart. Got my master's divinity, man. I can really write some books now. It doesn't mean anything. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. When you have a prophetic word, if you've ever received a prophetic word, or someone comes up to you and they say something, you go like, how did you know? Like, seriously, how did you you ever had this happen? Somebody's talking, somebody's preaching, and you think, well, how did they, they don't know. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. And watch this. And your hearing of it doesn't make the three other people beside you, they go like, what's the big deal? But to you, because it just got right here. And that's the difference. Prophetic words, they're not just prophetic and that makes them prophetic. No, it's prophetic because right here, it hits you in the Spirit. And we call these other things, we call them a Christian, we like to call them coincidences, you know? Right? Coincidences. Man, it's so weird. Like a coincidence. Like I was reading this verse and then I went to church and we sang this song about what I just read. It's such a coincidence. It's not a coincidence, man. That's the Holy Spirit communicating to your spirit. And so what Paul does, Paul gives us the explanation from this. In 1 Corinthians. So I'm going to read this whole verse of Scripture. It's a couple about maybe eight or so verses. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. So 1 Corinthians 2, 9. We're going to put on the screen for you. And we're going to uh, review a couple of things he says. Okay? All right. So 1 Corinthians 2, 9. This is the New American Standard. I know we have New Living out there. But if you have it on your phone or anything else like this. it I would have used the New King James because it's easier in the way that the words actually just form. But for clarity's sake, I, I feel like this was... Uh, I'm going to use this, okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. So Paul says, just as this is written, 
What's written? This is in the scripture. This is from Isaiah. These things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered into the heart of a man. Now, let me stop right here for a moment. The heart of a man, don't confuse, because the heart of a man can be translated as the soul. It just depends on what, it just depends on, in our English language, it can do either one. Now, you know this to be true as I read this, but if the Holy Spirit communicates to your spirit, then obviously what he's saying, these thoughts that have not entered into the heart of man, he's saying the stuff that you come up with on your own. Because if the Holy Spirit inspires it, you know stuff. But if it's just you, he's saying these things you can't even put in your own heart, the stuff that God has planned for you. He says, these things which have not entered the heart of a man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, for to us, God revealed them through what? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? Now he's talking about this, you. So in other words, who knows your thoughts right now except you? Nobody. I mean, I'm preaching, but you don't really know what I'm thinking. I mean, just to give you a little entrance to my mind, you think, well, he's just preaching. No, I'm, I'm, my mind is going like, okay, what time is it? it? I can't help it. It does because I know what happens. You guys like, it's like old school preachers say, you know what? The, the mind can only endure. The spirit can only take so much as the butt can endure. I mean, that's just bottom line. Like you can't, that's just old school stuff right there, man. So I'm, I'm gaming that. I also know that uh, I have a, a flow of what I'm trying to teach. I'm also trying to be attentive to the Holy Spirit in case he says, wait talk about a little more. I'm trying to say, okay, is this my flesh or, or is this the Holy Spirit? Did I just write this because I felt like it was good or is this really God when we say this? I don't remember, all kind of stuff going through my head, but that's not what I'm saying. But you don't know what's going in my mind because it's my spirit. It's like, I don't know what's going in your mind. You may be thinking like, man, I hope today, man, the Falcons just kill the Bucks. That'd be awesome. We know we're not going anywhere, but it would be fun to watch. It's like, who knows what you're thinking? I don't know. I can't tell, but God knows. He's the only one in this room that knows what you're thinking. So he says, who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Come on, can y'all understand what he's just said right there? If I don't know what you're thinking, you're the only one in the room that knows what you're thinking. Here's what he says. If you want to know what God's thinking, the only one in here that knows what the Lord's thinking right now is the Holy Spirit. And you can say you think you know what God's saying. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't know what he's thinking. You may think, well, I hope he loves me. You're wrong because he does love you. See what I'm saying? You can think all kind of stuff. Well, I hope he comes through for me. That's not, that's not the way God thinks. There's some things he gives us by his word. But ultimately, if you want to get into some of the mysteries of God and the things that we don't know, you really don't know what he's thinking. But I'll tell you this, Jeremiah says, I have plans for you, says the Lord. And those plans are to prosper you, to bless you, to give you a future and a hope. Nothing of harm and destruction. So anybody that says, well, I don't know, maybe God wants to hurt you. Well, they ain't been reading much of his scripture. Do do y'all see what I'm saying? There's some things you can know about God, but there's other things you just don't know. So he says, no one knows what God's thinking except the spirit of God. Now, verse 12. Now, this is the part that we're going to focus on. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That's the Holy Spirit. So that we might know the things freely given to us by God, 
which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by who? The Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But watch what he says. But a natural man, or we could substitute that word, an immature, carnal, flesh-driven, or, now that's in Christianity, or we could say an unbeliever. You could substitute any one of those words. It's not just unbelievers here. You could be, you just say, I'm just a flesh-driven Christian. I'm just telling you, it's going to be very difficult to hear from God as long as flesh is in control. And that's not saying we don't fall and make mistakes. I'm not talking about your, your, your mistakes that you simply, man, I just can't believe I said that. Or thought that. I'm saying when flesh is in control and it's dominating the life, you can be a Christian and I'm telling you, you're going to have a hard time hearing from God. So he says, <clears throat> the natural man, the immature person, the carnal person, the flesh-driven person, the unbeliever, they do not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to them. He cannot understand them because they watch this. Why can't he understand them? Because they're spiritually appraised. In other words, you know what appraisals are, right? So an appraisal is when someone goes out to look at your home, gives an a value or your car. They place a value on it. Well, if you're flesh-driven, immature, an unbeliever, etc., etc., you don't understand the value of a spiritual matter. The appraisal to you is not worth as much. But to a trained eye... They see the value. That's why Jesus gave the parable. There was a man who went into a field. And when he got to that field, he found a what? A treasure. And when he saw what he found, he covered it back up, threw some sod down. No one's going to see it. Goes to the person wherever he had to find and says, I want to buy that field. And what did he do? He sold all that he owned to buy that field. It's called understanding the appraisal of something, the value of something. It's the, it's the parable that reminds us of what God did for you. That he looked down on the earth and he saw a field. And in that field there was a treasure. And that was you. And so what did he do? He gave up everything that he had. And he emptied himself and he poured out everything. He didn't pour out his divinity, but he gave up all of his abilities, if you will. And he became a human being like us to redeem mankind from sin. And he sold it all for the field. Because he saw the value that was on you. And I'm just telling you, the appraisal that we place sometimes on spiritual matters is very little. We place more value many times on what's going on around us out here in this world than we do on what God's doing in our lives. And I'm telling you, what he's doing is greater than anything that's going on out there. He says, watch this, but he, verse 15, who is spiritual, appraises all things. Yet he himself is appraised by no one. Doesn't, doesn't mean you're without correction. Doesn't mean you're without Oversight doesn't mean you're on your own, you know, a lone ranger or whatever. It just simply means you're not pulled into tricks or fooled or gimmicks or anything else. You're spiritual enough to discern. You have some discernment about you. Verse 16, but he says, watch this, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? Who's going to instruct God? But watch this, but we have the mind of Christ. I mean, that's a great verse of scripture. Especially when you're trying to locate what God is doing. Now you may not figure out, as we go through a couple of these right here, you may not figure out what God's doing in the earth. You may not know what he's doing in your neighbor's life or, you know, in the nation. You may not be able to locate all that. But I'm telling you, you can locate what he's doing in your life. He really does want you to have communication with him. He really wants to speak to you. 
Now, I'm not saying it's going to be like Moses. Don't go out in your front lawn and set fire to one of your little landscaped, you know, shrubs and see if God will show up. That's not how he works today, okay? I mean, don't, your, your neighbor's going to think you're weird. Your wife's going to get mad because you burned up a bush. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that stuff, okay? God doesn't speak like that. I'm not saying he can't, but if you initiate the flame, it's not God anyway, right? Can we just all agree? And this is why it's very important to understand we do, as Christians, we, we think that this is how God moves. We think, well, if, if it's just the right atmosphere, then God, I've had, people just tell me this. Well, if we set the atmosphere, then God will show up. I'm sorry. Um, you set all the atmosphere you want to. If he's going to show up, he's going to show up. And besides that, my Bible tells me that when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. I don't need you to set an atmosphere. Amen, right? But see, when we think, if I get the goosebumps, well, God must be, I'm sorry, that's flesh. Your flesh just picked up that God was here, but he showed up long before you got here. He was here at 8 o'clock this morning. We walked in, two or three of us, they were in a tech booth. They'd already been talking about Jesus. He's already here. I don't know if he's running any of the knobs or anything helping him. I don't, you know, I think sometimes God might look at our technology and go like, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty complicated. I don't know. But he, I know he was here because there were believers here. Yeah, but I just don't know if I feel him. That's your flesh. That's called a carnal walk. And you know how long I've been doing this, man? I've been doing this long enough to know this much is true. He's here whether I feel him or I don't. Because there have been a lot of Sundays where I got no goosebumps. Got no amens. No communicatos going back and forth. You know what I'm saying? It's just very dry. And I'm like doing the best I can. And I'm like, God, help me, please. You know what he says? I'm with you. And that's enough. But flesh wants more. Can't, is that not true? I do too. Listen, if you think that I'm like, you kidding me? I would much rather have the Holy Spirit just rest. Come on, just rest right there. Help me communicate what you want. Yes. Why would I not? But if I don't feel it, if I don't sense it, if my eye doesn't see it, my ear doesn't hear it, that doesn't move me. He's still with me. So, when we read this here, when he says it's the Spirit that does these things, let's, let's, let's look at a couple of thoughts that he says right here, okay? Number one, this is why I say God speaks to your Spirit first. Number one, because <clears throat> you have received the Holy Spirit. We have received the Spirit of God. So, let's look at Romans 10.9. We'll put this on the screen for you here. This is Romans 10.9. You may have heard this before. We, we say this about every Sunday. But Romans 10, 9, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth, <coughs> Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, can I ask you a question this morning? What's more important, the confessing or the believing? And it's not a trick question because I think you already know the answer. They're both. There's a lot of times we hear, oh, I just believe, I believe, I believe. They don't say anything. Well, I don't want to be one of those people. Well, you're not one of those people. Unless all you do is go and say it, say it, say it, say it, say it, but you don't believe it. It's, it's, the, it's the both. It's not either or, it's both and. But the confession of believing, which one's more important? It is, it is both. And every person who believes in Jesus Christ, they receive a witness of the Holy Spirit. And you are supposed to communicate that to other people that you are saved. 
Not, well, you know, I hope. That's not the hope that you, when we say that in our culture, that is not the biblical hope. Hope in the Bible is a confident expectation of something that is true. Not, oh, I hope I'm saved. No, I know I'm saved. Pastor, how can you say that? Because I know he says it in his word. And besides that, I've got a witness that tells me, yes, I make mistakes and yes, I fall short. But I'm either saved or I'm not. And based on what he said in his word, he's the one that died for my sins. Therefore, I'm the one that's saved. And I prayed that prayer and I said, God, I believe you. I believe what you said. I believe in Jesus Christ. And I confess he is my Lord and my Savior. And so therefore, I keep saying it. And the funny thing is, the more you keep saying it, the more you actually get confident in what you believe. If you go around and say, well, you know, I just, I believe, you know, I believe sometimes God, I believe sometimes he, he wants to talk to us. I believe sometimes, you know, God just, you know, I just don't know. It's, it's, if you say stuff like that, you believe that. But if you will say, based on God's word, not my own philosophical thinking, but based on his word, the scriptures say this, I hasn't seen nor ear heard the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I thank God he's got stuff prepared for me that I hadn't seen with my eyes or I've heard with my ears. But I know it's there. Why? Because he said it. If you, if you talk what the Bible says, believe what the Bible says and speak it out of your mouth, you begin to activate things spiritually, in a sense, that God has already said about you. And I just, I mean, I'm just take a side note here. The, the Psalms tells us this, that even this, that the angels of the Lord, they hearken to the word of the Lord. They're just waiting. They don't care whether it's God speaking it or you speaking it. The angels actually sit around and believe me, there's a bunch of them bored out of their minds because no one ever says the, you know what I'm saying? All right, well, I wish, well, what's your guy saying? Nothing. He never says anything about God's word. He complains about taxes, complains about his job, hates how he's overweight, don't like this or that, whatever. But he never says God. He never, no, mine neither. How about you, Fred, the angel? You got anything going on? Oh, man, mine over here, this gal over here. So she won't stop, brother. I mean, she is always good thing because she's praying for this joker over here and that joker over there because they don't say anything. I'm just telling you, they hearken to the voice of the Lord. And it's not that they're looking for God to say it. They're listening for you. To say it out of your mouth. And it's important. So, we've all received the, the witness of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's based on echo. It's like, yes, that's true. It's when you guys say this. If I say something, you go like, amen. I didn't tell you. Sometimes I tell you because it gets too quiet. But like, you know, I'm like, y'all with me? Y'all going home? What's up? But th- sometimes y'all just say amen. I'm like, I didn't tell you to say that. Why'd you say that? The word amen actually means so be it. You just agreed with what I said. Y'all with me? Amen. Right? See what I'm saying? All right. So there you go. The witness of the Holy Spirit, though, is a response. A response to what? What he has done in your life. Now, I'm going to read this this paragraph for you. That I just put this down. I'm going to read to you a couple of things from some older writings that I, I read from. But anyway, just listen to this. When we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and we believe that he raised us from the dead, we are born again. You literally spiritually and physically at that moment in time, you become children of God. First here, spiritually. I mean, the part of you that got born again, let's all be real, it was this right here, right? Of course it was. Nothing changed on the outside. You wished it did, but it didn't. Right here is what changed. And it's pretty obvious to everybody. You get baptized, you don't come up looking different, except you got a wet head, you know? 
Right here is what was born again. But it is the Holy Spirit who does this work in response to our decision. He, as the Bible says this, if any man or woman is in Christ, saved, he or she is a new creation. Behold, take notice, all the old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. You, that's why you can talk to God. That's why you can pray to God. That's why Jesus said you have an advocate now with the Holy Spirit. He also says you can come to the Father. How can you do that without the new birth? You can't. So everything when you read about John the Baptist, when he baptized all those people, do you understand they baptized into what's called a baptism of repentance? But that was not salvation. No one who was baptized by John was saved. That was called the baptism of repentance. They were a bunch of ungodly, unrepentant, very, very divisive people. And so he said, repent. Repent, you need to change. And they did. But they were not saved. They couldn't be saved until Jesus died and was resurrected from the dead. Now at that point, they could now be saved. But all those other guys, John preached his heart out. I mean, this brother was crazy. He's wearing camel hair. Looked like maybe the Grizzly Adams. I don't know what he, I don't know. Can you imagine the weirdest, like those guys on TV, right? Alaskan, you know, you know, hunt things where the guys sit on the cabins. Like they're so far from everywhere. Like no one ever comes and sees them. They live off the land. They got all this stuff, right? It's way out. I don't know. He lived in the wilderness. He lived in, he had camel hair for a suit. It says he ate wild honey, which I'm fine with. Okay, that's cool. But locusts? I mean, I don't know about you. That's probably not something I would have been tweeting. Hey, today, guess what I had? Some wild honey and some locusts. It was good. I mean, he was a little different. Can we all agree? And yet he baptized people by the boatloads. So much so that his own disciples got jealous when Jesus came on the scene and his disciples started baptizing they said, hey, 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 hey. They had to ask the questions. Are you the one? Are you the one that's coming or are we should be looking for somebody else? But John knew his baptism was baptism of repentance. It wasn't salvation. I'm telling you, your baptism into Christ. I'm not referring to water baptism here. I'm referring to your new birth experience. You have been baptized by Jesus Christ into the family of God through the blood he shed. You're a new creation, a new creation in Christ. New creature. Why is that important? Because now you can hear from God. Your spirit now can communicate with God. So that's important. I need you to really understand this before I go any further. You have received the spirit of God. And it's really not hard to hear from God if we just believe that. The second thing uh, that Paul says right here is this. That we might know. So, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, he says, We have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit of God, so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. So, Romans eight sixteen, as I was telling you this a second ago, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. You know if you are a son or a daughter of God. No one has to tell you anything. You know it right now as clear as I'm speaking. And if it bothers you that I say that, you're like, well, I just, I just I don't feel like I am, then you're probably not. And it ought to bother you. 
So I don't, don't, don't scare me. I'm a, I'm, if it helps, just saying, you ought to know. I'm not saying perfection. I ain't said you got your junk to go. Nobody here did. We all saw you walking in. We got cameras there. We see everybody walking in. Well, we're Christians. Well, oh, man, I wish I could see all of us on Monday through Saturday, right? We ain't so Christian then, are we? Someone pulls in front of you. Let's see how Christ-like you are now. They jump in line at the Walmart or whatever. You only had two items. They got 400 in the buggy. You're like, could you, could you let me go in front of you, please? And they say, no. Oh, let's show you a little Christ-like behavior then, won't we? No, because you get frustrated too, right? So let's stop talking about perfection. Let's talk about the fact that you are redeemed. That's what he's saying. You have been redeemed and you have been, now you know this. You're a child of God or you don't. It's not about how good you are, how you did this. I'm telling you, you know it by the Spirit of God. And you, if you don't know it, then you need, to, you need to receive him today. But I'm going to read this to you. This is from, um, so I read from a lot of older uh, commentaries and whatnot. That, and the reason I do this is because it's not because I don't like some of the newer stuff. It's just that um, uh, to, me, to me, some of the things that are older, uh, they're more tried and true. And to me, they didn't have Google either. They didn't have the internet. These guys and gals, they researched and they wrote based on old school knowledge and research. They had no, let's see what the internet says. There's none of that. No one helped them edit their books. I mean, this one maybe helped, you know, typeset or whatever, things like that. But these guys took the time to invest. And this is a, you may or may not agree with some of the guys I read from. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to read anyway. But... If you look him up, his name is E.W. Bullinger. It's very, uh, from like the 1800s. He's a scholar in the United Kingdom. So I'm going to read this to you. He's got some really interesting books I like to read from. Um, he's got books on numbers and things in the Bible. He has figures of speech in the Bible and why. He's just got an interesting you know, take on some stuff. All right, so anyway, this is what he says. Um, he says, The natural man cannot understand the word of God, for it is foolishness, foolishness unto him. A man may admire a sundial, He may marvel at its use and appreciate the cleverness of its design. He may be interested in its carved work or wonder at the mosaics or other beauties which adorn its structure. But if he holds a lamp in his hand or any other light emanating from himself or from this world, he can make it any hour he pleases. And he will never be able to tell the time of day. Nothing but the light from God's sun and the heavens can tell him that. So it is with the word of God. The natural man may admire its structure or be interested in its statements. He may study its geography, its history, yea, even its prophecy. But none of these things will reveal to him his relation to time and eternity. Nothing but the light that comes from heaven, nothing but the Son of Righteousness can tell him that. It may be said of the Bible, therefore, as it is of the New Jerusalem, the Lamb is the light thereof. The Holy Spirit's work in this world is to lead to Christ, to glorify Christ. The scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the same spirit that inspired the words in the book must inspire its truths in our hearts. For they can and must be spiritually discerned. Now, he did that without any kind of Google or anything else. Why? Because it's funny when you have to stop, focus, know that when you sit there and write something on paper at that era of time, you were, to be, you were going to be judged on it. 
much more greater than you are right now. I mean, today those cancel you off, don't follow you anymore. Who cares? But this right here, you'd have never had your writings read. And what he's saying here is this, these things must be spiritually discerned. By how? The Holy Spirit. You know, you have the Holy Spirit in your heart and you know if it's God. That's why John says this way, that you have an an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. It doesn't mean you don't need your Bible. It just means you know truth from, from, from fake. He says this, you don't have to have a teacher. doesn't mean you don't need a church. doesn't mean you don't need to be in a small group. doesn't mean you don't need to, That's not what he's talking about. He's saying you know all things. Why? Because you have an unction from the Holy One, and he teaches you all things. That's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will show you things to come. He will remind you of everything that I taught you. He will reveal truth to you. These are the qualities and admir- uh, the, the, the qualities of the Holy Spirit that He does. And so when we as Christians say, I can't hear from God, we are going against everything that the Bible teaches us about hearing from God. Because you can't hear from God. So the last thing about this, when I say taught by, th- this is what, uh, the last thing I want to share with you on this, is that we are taught by a Spirit. So when I read this to you from 1 Corinthians, let me read it to you one more time real quick before I move on. He says, We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we might know the things freely given to us by God. So you have the Holy Spirit. This is how you know stuff. The Holy Spirit. Five minutes with the Holy Spirit, you can get more revelation than 20 years in your Bible without Him. It doesn't. It, I'm just telling you. When you read, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for for sharing with me today and show me what it is you want me to see. This is why trying to find a truth to argue a point to prove something wrong doesn't ever pan out well. You know what I'm saying, right? We've all done it, right? Well, I'm going to tell you what that coworker they said, I'm going to prove them because they, that you never win with those things. And he'll never, by the way, illuminate any of that because pride's in it. And he's not in pride. That's another spirit that we don't need in our life. We don't want to have that spirit going in our life, all right? So anyway, so the last thing he says is, and we are taught by a spirit. So as a wrap-up day, I want you to turn to John chapter 10, and, and let me share a couple of things with you about this. If we're going to be taught by a spirit, we have to understand first that God communicates to us, first of all, by his spirit to our spirit. And again, there's other methods he might use. He may use circumstances. He may use people to talk to you, and you're like, wow, how did they know that? That was God. But ultimately, in all those things, it is your spirit that is picking up what he wants you to hear from his spirit. And one of, the, uh, one of the things that I think is very interesting about the Old Testament, as you get over to John 10, we'll go there in a second. Do you understand that not one of your Old Testament heroes, not one, has what you have right now? Not one. Pick, pick your best one. Pick which one. Pick which one you want to pick. Any of them you want. The best one you got. The Old Testament. The best one. I mean, even the ones that say they were filled, they were not filled like you are. The word filled does not mean the same as it does in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, if it says the Holy Spirit filled them or they were filled with the Spirit of God, that does not mean that spiritually they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It means the Holy Spirit came upon them. He overshadowed them. He anointed them. They were empowered for what he called them to do for a moment. The prophet, the priest, the king, they didn't walk around every day with what you have. I mean, I'm telling you right now, he is on the inside of you. Those people in the Old Testament look forward to this day 
just dreamed about it. Never imagined that it could possibly be what he said it would be. So much so, let me just say this, so much so that the scriptures tell us in Colossians this, that had the rulers of this world known that what they were doing by crucifying Christ, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known that everything that they were doing was right in step with his plan. You guys know how many times did Jesus walk away from their, their mob? They went to go throw him over the cliff and Jesus... Just walk right through him. How many times did he walk up to him and different ones and they said they picked up stones to stone him and one by one they just, as he walked away, because he said, watch this, no man takes my life, but I lay it down in my own will because that was his plan. And they walked right into his plan. And the scriptures say, had they known they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Because Satan doesn't know. Contrary to what Christians like to say, well, he just knows. He doesn't know. He's a liar. And the father of lies. You have the father of spirits that lives on the side of you. And I'm telling you something. You think that the enemy out there has got more knowledge than the spirit of God? Come on. That's just philosophical thinking out there that tries to get you, ooh, got to be scared. Who knows what the enemy's going to be doing? Oh, forget that mess. Don't worry about him. He's under your feet. You're the one supposed to be walking on scorpions, serpents, and all that junk from the enemy. He's got no power authority over you lest you give it to him. But the last time I checked, he's the one that was defeated. He didn't even understand as big as this plan was, he didn't even put two and two together that Christ was going to be crucified so that you could all have the Holy Spirit in your hearts. He didn't even catch that. You think he's going to catch what God's got going on in your life? No. Not at all. Now, so anyway, but the Old Testament men and women, they had the Holy Spirit upon them, but they did not have the Holy Spirit inside them. So watch this in John 10. This is what Jesus says about you and the Holy Spirit and and our relationship with each other. John 10 and verse 1, he says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of of the sheep. Now, make sure I understand the parable. He's referring to the earth. Okay? What he's talking about here is the earth. I mean, you, you only get into the earth one way. Can we all agree? Ain't but one way you getting into the earth. And you ought to thank your mama for all she had to deal with getting your fanny in here. But you can say, oh, my dad, yeah, it takes two to tango. But I'm telling you right now, uh, my wife went through a lot more pain than I ever did. Make sure our kids came into this earth. You only come in through one way. I mean, this ain't like Thor. You ain't getting in through the Bifrost. You ain't just... <laughs> You know, transporting across the universe. Ain't how it works, man. One way and one way only. Can I, can I, not to be too grab, but, but the birth canal, right? That's the only way. Jesus says right here, there are others who came in that not, did not come in the way they were supposed to. You've read about them in the Bible. Fallen angels. You can call them the Nephilim, whatever you want to call them in the Bible, whatever. They, they, they did this and that and became... There's all kind of theories and statements about that, but nonetheless, the Bible is very clear about this. There were fallen angels fell to the earth. He said, I saw, Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Boom! Where? To the earth. 
The scripture is very clear about this, that, that who is the God of this earth? Little g, Satan. That's what the scriptures say. He's blinded the eyes of them that do not believe. He's the God of this earth, little g. He's not the big G. So Jesus says, be aware of this, that there are some in the earth that didn't get here the right way. And he calls them thieves and robbers. I got to ask you a question. Um, Is it not what he calls him? He says, the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy is who? Satan. He's very clear about that. So a thief and a robber, we know he's not referring to any of the people in this room right now. But he says, he who doesn't enter by the door into the fold of the sheep. In other words, if you don't come into the world the way that you're supposed to. Which, by the way, side note. Don't you find it very interesting that Jesus chose, wonder why, to come into this world as a baby? There's a lot of things that are in permissive states that because of Adam's transgression that Christ had to come into to to be able to do it in the right way. God's plan was not some silly, foolish plan. It was a very well thought out and very self-sacrificing plan. But he says this, he says, He who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep, watch this, they do what? Let's say it together because we need to know the answer. They what? They hear. His sheep what? Hear his voice. His sheep do. Now let me ask you a question. I know we don't like to (laughs) call ourselves this, but are you his sheep? I know it's kind of weird, but, you know, I mean, bah, whatever, you know, you, you're one of his sheep, you're one of his sheep. I wish he would have called us like a bear, it would have been awesome, like, sounds real like, yeah, I'm a bear. No, he picked the sheep, about the dumbest animal on the planet. How does it make you feel today, right? What? Go eat lunch today. Hey, what's your pastor want? He called us sheep. He said we're dumb. Like, you know, thanks a lot, pastor. You know, I didn't say that. God called you a sheep, right? He called me a sheep, too. So anyway. He says this, though, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and watch this, he leads them out. And when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they what? They know his voice. What do they do? They, They know his voice, so they can hear and they can know his voice, right? And he says, verse 5, a stranger they simply will not follow but flee from him. Because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to him. Now watch what, I want you to see, guys, the inability of someone who is not saved to hear from God. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had said to them. So Jesus said it again. Now you picked it up just like that. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit. His disciples were with him every single day eating the food he ate, hung out with him, saw what he dealt with, and they didn't get this. You picked it up in less than 30 seconds. You said, well, I've heard it before. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit's your teacher. You're not going to pick this up without the work of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, okay, boys, you didn't get it the first time. Let's go round two. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, watch this, he will be saved or he will receive the Holy Spirit. He will go in and out or he will know the voice of the Holy Spirit and he will find pasture. That is a very clear parable of he will be taught. He will be fed by the Holy Spirit. 
Paul said, listen, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard that which God has prepared for them that love him. But we know. Because we have received, and we know, and we are taught by his spirit. This morning, I want to encourage you right now. Listen, we go through this. If there's something in your heart right now you're asking God for, I want to encourage you today. First of all, you can hear from God. Second of all, you probably already know what he's saying. You just might not be wanting to pick up on it, whatever. But in the middle of all that, you can be taught. He, he really wants to share things with you and, and reveal things to you as a Christian. Now, <clears throat> let me just show you this. If, if you're born again, you're his child, and he is speaking. And if you are, as a Christian, he's illuminating your path. He's revealing things to you. But maybe take time to slow down and see what he's illuminating around you. Just like I was showing Piper with this flashlight. So this, if you notice, and, and I'm going to close up with this last thought here. I can shine this wherever I want. And I can illuminate what I want. It's just the way it does. If it's, if it's a flashlight, this is why I didn't call this a flashlight series. Because that gives you the power. But I want you to see something. Like I'm, if I take one of these little lanterns here, and this is all I had, and... No other light was on in the room. I'm not going to do that because it takes too long to get back home. So, but it's a process. So, but if I had this, isn't it true that you really don't get to see what's over there? About that back of that corner over there, fire extinguisher over there. You're not seeing that. If it's pitch black, you know what you're going to see? You're doing this number. You ever use one of these when the power goes off? Oh, man. We used to have as a kid when the big snowstorm hit, you know, uh, like in the 90s, you know, it was all that, you know, blizzard of the world or whatever, frozen blizzard of the whatever. You know, no one had any power, no one had any food. We're snowed in for like five months of the year. You know, it gets bigger every time, you know, somebody tells it. Y'all remember that, right? If you were alive then, anybody who wasn't alive back then were like, oh, yeah, whatever. It was really pretty bad. I'm going to lie. But we did. We were stuck in our house, no power, and we had uh, kerosene lanterns. You ever seen those? A little wick, a little fuel. When it's pitch black, those things you have about a, it's about your perimeter of your body is about all you got. And that lamp of the Lord or that lantern, as the Bible says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And he searches all the innermost part of his life. And you could take it one of two ways. You can look at it as he's searching for sin. I don't look at it that way. You can. I mean, God, you know, if there's anything there, God, please show me. Of course. But I look at it like the spirit of man is the candle or the lamp of the Lord. And he's searching the innermost part of his being. So what am I doing? It's pretty close. This isn't going way out there to 20 years out, five years out. Man, I might even get five months out. I'm just getting, staying close to him. That means when you're walking, oh, what is that? Oh, I don't need to hit that. Well, I didn't see that a while ago. But this is illuminating. So what I do? I'm not going to run over that. So here I go over here. So many times we're praying for stuff like, God, just give me this. God, show me that. It's not how it works. It's you got to keep moving. Oh, whoa, there's something there. What? Didn't mean anything that? God didn't just come down and I know Moses had a burning bush, but I've never had one. I'm not sure of any Christian that I've ever met that's had a burning bush. There's been some moments. But I find most of the time when he's leading, is what he's doing. 
right, let's keep going. Keep moving. Let's keep going. You can't sit around for like five years waiting to see what he's going to say. You take some steps. And as you're walking, oh, whoa, whoa there's a ledge there. I don't want to do that. Well, obviously God's not in that. Let me back up a little bit. Woo. Do you all understand what I'm saying? It's close. God's not a flashlight. You don't get to shine the light out there and see, you know, what. It's great. Flashlights are cool at night. I mean, they're wonderful. But from a spiritual revelation, it's a lamp. It requires time. You have to fill it with oil. It needs a wick. And it needs somebody to light the thing. And oh, by the way, God's the one that lights it. And oh, by the way, God also provides the fuel. And oh, by the way, in case she's wondering, that wick that we think is us, uh, God gave you that too. It's called the breath in your lungs. It, it, it's all God. And so this morning as I pray for you, I want you to take a moment right now and close your eyes and bow your head. And I, I just want you to just turn your hearts to the Lord right now. And I want to ask you this question. Is if you're here, first and foremost, and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you say, I don't have that witness. I just really, Pastor Jody, I'm not sure I'm saved. Then I would say you probably are not. And if you say to me, well, how can you be so strong in saying that? Well, because Scripture says if you're saved, you have a witness from the Holy Spirit. And you know if you're a child of God. So if you're here and you say, I don't know if I'm saved, then I want to pray for you right now. The whole church will pray with you as well, but I'm just telling you, you're in this room, you're watching on broadcast, either one. And you say, I don't know. I just don't, I just, I can't. I don't have that witness, Pastor Jody. I'm not even sure what that means. Then I would just say you're probably not. But here's the good news. The simple thing is you pray, you believe that Jesus is Lord, he died for your sins, and you confess that he is Lord. The Bible says you shall be saved. It's a very simple prayer. The easiest thing in all the Bible that God gives is the most dynamic and most, um, it's the most dynamic thing that ever happens to your life is salvation. But it's the easiest thing you can do. So if you're watching online, you're in this room right now, I'm going to pray with you. The whole church is going to pray. And then I'm going to pray for you uh, as well uh, about hearing uh, from the Lord. So if you're here and you say, I've never been saved, I want you to pray this prayer with me in this church right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life and I give you my heart. I ask you, Father, to save me, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I receive... Jesus as my Savior today. I thank you, Lord, that I am saved. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. And in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church? Give me a hand, would you? Now, here's what we're going to do. Now, I want you to do, you just pray that prayer. I want everybody in the church, because if you, if you prayed that prayer, then you're now saved. But if you're in this room and you are a Christian, I want you to do some things with me right now. This is the intent of the gospel, that we would not be silent believers. Little closet Christians that never communicates the gospel except on Sunday when we see one another. But our conversation should be so clear. So here's what I want you to do. You're going to participate with me right now, okay? You're going to repeat this after me. You say, I am a Christian. I am saved by the blood of Jesus and redeemed by the work of God.
the resurrection is what I believe in. And that's how I know that I am saved. All right, now how's that feel? That feels pretty good, don't it, huh? Now won't you turn to somebody around you? Taking about 30 seconds, like, oh, all the introverts just freaked out on me. Like, going to melt in a puddle. Listen, introvert or extrovert, it don't matter. You get no excuse in this. God called you. Confession is made into salvation. He's called you to speak and communicate what you believe, all right? So introvert, extrovert, in between avert, it don't matter. Turn to somebody around you, all right? You make sure you find somebody and look at them in the eyeball. Even if you're nervous, say this. Say, I am a believer. I am saved by the blood of Jesus, redeemed by the work of God. I believe in the resurrection, and that is why I am saved, right? In Jesus' name, right? Amen? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, so listen, before you go today, hey, once you stand to your feet, that's important. You need to say that more often. The more you say, I'm saved. And this is why it's important too, guys, because when you make mistakes, let's just say every husband in here, if you act like you ain't, you've made a mistake, we just already know that. All I got to do is ask your wife. When you make a mistake and you didn't, you know, get there at the right time, you didn't say the right thing, or you didn't do whatever it was, and you fall short, as you will, it's just the reality is this. God's not sitting up there in heaven counting up the tallies of all your shortcomings. What he's asking you to do is to agree, to give an amen to what he said about you, that through Jesus Christ you're saved. And, you know, I ain't saying use that against your spouse, men and women here, ladies and men. Don't be saying, well, now, the Pastor Jody said, I'm saved. Don't be counting up my shortcomings. That's not how it works. You've got to work on that marriage, okay? You've got to work on that marriage. However, God isn't holding up and counting up your shortcomings or your trespasses. Scriptures say that. But canceling them. That's what Corinthians, he's canceled them. Man, that is wonderful to know. So this morning, before you go, if you pray that prayer, if you go to connect.cornerstonerome.com, uh, you can fill that out, either a guest or if you pray for salvation. That, there, that card is in the seat back or it's online. You can do it if you're watching a broadcast. You want to do it online in here either way. We'd love to connect with you and get information for you. If you need anything from the church, if you got saved, we'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. Or if you're a guest with us, we'd love to just tell you more about our church and see if there's anything we can do for you while you're here. Um, one thing I want to share with you, just a couple of announcements before we go again. Or share with you experience in God, you can find that on the way out. Um, uh, 21 Days of Prayer as a community. We do this in the churches of Rome. We have a collective group of churches. There's about 20 plus churches. We Every year we get together and we pray. This year's a little different. We're going to have a time of worship and things like we usually do. But this year we're kind of taking some time to pray in different places and trying to spread out and do some different things. So um, if you want to come, 21 Days of Prayer starts, if you want to come here, Saturdays, we're going to be here from 9 to 10. So if you want to come and pray on Saturdays from 9 to 10, it'll be at the church, and it'll start this, is that right, this Saturday? That, okay, my numbers are a lot smaller than yours, <laughs> okay? So they're right on, so Saturday at 9 to 10, and you want to come and pray, we'd love for you to do that and be a part of that. And then uh, as you give this week, we just want to say uh, thank you for starting the year out great. Really appreciate that. We adjusted from last year, given what we saw and what we hear and what all this stuff's going on. So we adjusted going into this new year. Our ideas are set on a, on a, on a budget that we think is going to be great for this year. But I want to thank you for what you're doing as you started out the year great. I really appreciate that. 
Thank you for being uh, generous to the kingdom and through your church as we reach out and do the things God's called us to do here. So I really encourage you that as I pray over your, uh, your families this week in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. As we speak this over you, man, you want to pray this over yourself right now, that'd be great. But we'll say this together. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. Man, God bless you guys so much. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the rain. Tell somebody it's good to see them and you're dismissed. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.